this is Louise Campbell, co-host of Surfing the National Army podcast. Today we're offering four conversations from episode 38, a repeat episode we posted for the first time in August 2020 on the roles that nurses, dietitians, and physicians assistants play in supporting patients with fatty liver diseases. Listening to this episode three years later, I was struck by how much the commentary still is accurate and even fresh today. It's worth a second listen, particularly for professionals who treat patients and manufacturers considering ways to support better treatment over time. So sit back, listen, learn and enjoy. And when you're done, join the dialogue in our LinkedIn discussion group. Roger Green. Well, actually, I want to go to a pre-question, and I want, but I want everyone's answer to be no more than a sentence, okay? And Peter, I'll start with you. One sentence answer. Is the healthcare system as constituted in the country you live in, different than Louise, able to deliver the level of wellness support that people need so they never get that sick in the first place? Is it able to deliver the level of wellness support people need when they are sick? Two-part question, one sentence. The experience that I've had with this is leading two large healthcare systems at different times, the University of Pennsylvania and Baylor College of Medicine. And so I've seen it from the inside and from a leadership level, and I've also seen it from my own healthcare and my own family's healthcare. And I don't believe that our health system is structured or incented for uh, wellness evaluation and training. In fact, it's why we see a proliferation of behavioral sites and so forth like Noon that uh, Louise just mentioned that are outside of health systems because health systems are not providing the kind of support people need. And that was a lot more than one sentence, Roger. I'm sorry. Not a problem, Peter. It was quite precise and very good. Thank you. Okay, Stephen, can you do it in one sentence? Stephen Harrison. I agree with what Peter said. That's funny. I was going to do it in three words, and they were what he said. So I think we're all in the same place on this. <laughs> Louise, different perspective. UK, different country, different role. I don't think, irrespective of coming from a different country, I absolutely agree with Peter. I don't think we can. We're a national health service, but we react to illness. We do not go out and prevent illness. So I agree with Peter. I don't think it matters about the countries at the moment. Okay, great. So at some point in time in the future, not next week, we will bring on some people who represent the wellness company companies and the wellness perspective and maybe have a dialogue about what can we learn from them that we actually could bring into the treatment of patients in, in, in the realm we live in, or how can we work with them better? With that, let me go to final question. The one thing that surprised you most in what you heard today, I'll be the brave one. Louise's story about the rugby player really struck me. I'm the only non-medical professional on the panel, but I don't tend to think of people as going that quickly from a bad place to a good place because the problem is that simple. I'm also terribly impressed at an 18-year-old kid who didn't feel immortal and was able to do all that, and I suspect that you and the folks you're working with gave him some exceptional coaching. That's a story that's going to stick with me long after this podcast. Peter, I, I would agree with that story, but it, it doesn't surprise me that much because personally, I found that because of a family history and because of being overweight, that my doctor told me, hey, you know, Peter, you have you have diabetes now, you know. The shock of that had me uh, lose 40 pounds. And a number of years ago, I didn't have diabetes anymore. The problem is that without behavioral modification change, that were essential, I was motivated for a period of time and then the weight creeped back over five years. So what we what we really need is a sustained effort and behavioral changes that I don't think we think about that much in the healthcare system. So, you know, my comment to Louise was, you know, follow that young man for a long period of time and see, see what happens. Yeah, I'll just echo that and maybe say that we can talk to our patients about lifestyle change. We can put a whole team in place 
place that addresses the needs of the patient. But there's a joke about psychiatrists that I'll use to end, and that is, you know, how many psychiatrists does it take to change a light bulb? One, but the light bulb has to want to change. And I may have used that analogy before, but I think it's apropos. Or Sometimes the hardest part for our patients is the six inches between their ears, and they have to want to change. It doesn't matter what we put in front of them. So I think that's important to, to remember also. I think the thing that surprised me most is that n not one of us thinks that we have a healthcare system that's suitable to do the wellness side and I think that's a shame but these are big bulky systems that do need to change and we do need to use other avenues. I'm going to make one comment and then we'll go to close which is that I think one of the differences between the wellness systems and the illness systems is that you have to spend your own money to get into the wellness system and I think when people put their own money down two things happen it's a statement of commitment and it's a statement of investment. I'm not always a big fan of the idea that goes if you don't have skin in the game you're going to treat it less seriously but in this case I absolutely am. If, you, if it matters to you you're going to pay for it. Not enough that it hurts, but enough that you know you're spending your own money to solve the problem. I think that actually helps people act better. That's my belief. Coming from my capitalist side, Peter. That ends today's episode. I want to thank Stephen. I want to thank Peter. I want to particularly Louise, who had so much experience to share today, and that was great. And now, Louise Campbell. We hope you've enjoyed this recording. If you do have any questions or comments about the content of this conversation or the entire episode, please put them in the review section of the page from which you downloaded this conversation or send an email to questions at surfingnash.com. Roger and John will be back next week while I'll be joining from Western Australia, where it will be the middle of the night when we record. The two topics we are considering both reflect recent publications of tremendous interest. Until then, stay safe, surf on, and we'll see you on the podcast. Bye-bye for now.